We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Welcome into another edition of Mind on My Money, presented by Pinnacle. I'm Neil McCready. Martin Paloma with me here today as well on this Thursday, the first day of September 2022. We hope you're having a good week. We hope you have a great three-day weekend if you're traveling. It's a holiday, if you're going to games in Oxford or Starkville or wherever the case might be, please be safe. Be careful out there. Look forward to talking to you again next week. Today on the show, we're going to talk about what's going on in Jackson. We'll lead off with that, with the water situation, because I'm really curious about it. I know it's become a national story. I have not had a chance to really follow a lot of the national news coverage. It's the first week of the football season, and to say I've slammed is an understatement. But uh, I'm going to get Martin's perspective. He's there uh, in Jackson, so we'll talk to him about his perspective on that. So, Get to that in a minute. Uh, first, I want to tell you, I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is that number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for, and he will send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours, right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, and the rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around, or you can do what I've done, what I recommend for you to do. Let's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. And Martin, before we uh, get rolling about what's happening in Jackson, let's talk about what's happening at Pinnacle. Indeed. Um, man, we're, we're kind of business as usual uh, at Pinnacle. Um, you know, of course, things of the chop has kind of gotten back into the markets. I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit, um, you know, later in the show. Uh, I mean, don't we don't have any clients that are that are calling in, we're trying to do, you know, we try to do a lot of that prep work with the leading with the planning piece, which has actually been a really good exercise the last couple of months when we've had clients in, uh, you know, kind of at the bottoms of the market and saying, Hey, you know, even if, um, even with the market drawdowns in, you know, a lot of folks are still in, you know, in good shape for meeting their goals. And that kind of, that really does kind of take the anxiety, uh, the anxiety pressure off of the, off of the sales and 
uh, and lets people focus on, you know, living their life and pursuing their dreams and pursuing what, uh, you know, what they want in retirement or, you know, or uh, for a legacy. So, you know, I think that's the hard part for folks that are kind of DIY investors or, you know, if you're, if you have an, an investment advisor that just isn't doing the planning component, it's kind of like, uh, you know, just throwing darts with a blindfold on. Um, that was, you know, I kind of had a little bit of a Ted Lasso image in my head. I can't wait for Lasso to come back out. Uh, when is anyway, it coming out, by the way? I think December 9th is the leak date that I saw. But I, that's not been confirmed okay. uh, by Apple TV+. Plus. But My son was asking about that just yesterday. Like, when's Ted Lasso coming? He's, he's anxious for it. Yeah, December 9th. Uh, little fun fact. I'm going to take this rabbit trail, and then I'll tell people how they can get in touch with us. So um, Schwab, who's our new custodian, they haven't had their annual conference um, since 2019 because of all, you know, the COVID-related stuff. And they they plan these things a year in advance. So. Um, you know, they just didn't plan in person when there wasn't uh surety that they would be able to do it in person. So this year they're actually doing their first in-person since, uh, you know, since 2019. And they just released who the keynote is, and it is the one and only Jason Sudeikis. So dude, I am, uh, I'm actually going to tear my believe signs off the walls here at Pinnacle. And I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take them to see if I can't get, uh, Mr. Ted Lasso himself to, to John Hancock, those bad boys. I'll put them back on the walls. Uh, you know, when I get back, how cool, cool. Would, how cool would that be? Dude. I mean, it's kind of like, uh, I mean, I kind of fangirled out a little bit whenever I saw that Sudeikis was going to be the keynote. Cause the last time I went in 2019 and that's when I was doing my due diligence, it was, uh, John Meacham and, um, and Tim McGraw did, they wrote a book together and uh, they talked about their book and their experiences and, and they were uh, both very willing to spend, you know, time with folks after, I mean, there's a lot of folks that go to this conference, but you know, all in all, it's not, you know, it's not hundreds of thousands of people, but, uh, but dude, they spent, t they spend time with, with the folks that are at that, that are at the conference, you know, signing books or signing stuff. So I'm hoping I'm keeping my fingers crossed that, uh, so if you if you got some gear, you want me to try to get signed, uh, you know, AFC Richmond jersey or something like that, man. I'll I'll do my best. All right. So let's uh, okay. Tell people how to get in touch with you, real quick. Oh yeah, <laughs> ADD man. Uh, the phone number of the office is 601-957-0323. or you can reach us through email at info at my p i n n wealth dot com. All right. So. I know this has become a, it's, it's a national story. It's a scary story. Um, like I was saying a minute ago, I'm, I'm always embarrassed to admit that I fall behind on what's happening in the real world in the football season, but I do, I'm, I'm hosting 14 podcasts a week and I'm writing every day and, and it just, there is just, you fall behind. That's, that's, that's a lot, man. You, you fall behind. Simple as that. So I know that there is a water crisis in uh, Jackson. I, what I can tell is it's downtown yeah. Jackson. Is that about right? Um, uh, it's all of Jackson. Okay, all of Jackson. Um, all of Jackson, yeah. This has become a national news story. I was telling you that I, I I saw on my board that Tucker Carlson of Fox News, who has a show, I think it comes on at seven every night. Um, I did not. I know that he uh, that he took this at the top. I have not seen it or heard it or read it. 
I just know that if if he's leading his broadcast with it, it's obviously becoming a national story. Yeah. Um, I mean, dude, we were the Wall Street Journal two days ago. The one story that they you know blast out to, and I generally get like a story from the journal each day blasted to my watch, and it was City of Jackson. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, when the Wall Street Journal story they're firing out to the entire world through digital media is Jackson, Mississippi. You know that that there's some big issues going on. So what has happened? Fill me in. Tell me Tell me and the other listeners who don't necessarily know, and I know a lot of yeah. our listeners are in Jackson and they do know, but give me a give me a synopsis and then let's dive into it. Dude, so it's kind of weird. It's it's almost, I'm going to talk about the irony of the situation because <laughs> at first we had, an, well, we had two issues simultaneously. You know, all of the rain that has come through and, you know, that's draining out of the Pearl River Basin into the reservoir, which is the drinking water supply for uh, the the surface water supply for the city of Jackson uh, and a lot of other areas. Um, we were back at the 2020, February 2020 flood levels where the river crested at like 36 feet and, you know, 36.8 feet or something like that. And there was lots of flooding that happened in the Jackson area, um, you know, neighborhoods flooded, streets flooded. But that backs up the sewage system and all that stuff too. So it's all it's all kind of weird how it's connected. Well, we had so we had a we had an issue of too much water, one, the flooding, and then a secondary unrelated issue of not enough water because the water treatment plants in Jackson have just been neglected. Um, you know, repairs and maintenance for so long. Uh, they just failed. The pumps failed to uh to be able to push water out to the residents and it's still an ongoing issue that um that's that's happening so we had too much water and no water at the same time so water flooding the city in the streets uh and neighborhoods and then you but you couldn't get water in your house so you couldn't flush toilets uh no running water we've been under a boil water notice for more than 30 days i think we're on day 35 now i mean dude it's like living i brush my teeth each morning with a bottle of water. I live in the city of Jackson. Okay. Uh, so this is not me living in, you know, Madison or Brandon or Ridgeland talking about it. Like the, you know, the restaurants in my neighborhood, like yesterday we got, yeah, I got my emails from the restaurants in my neighborhood that they, they couldn't open again because, you know, there was no flushable, there was no water to flush toilets. There were also, if your water pressure is too low, you can't, uh, you, you can't, open because the fire department wouldn't have the ability to put a fire out oh well that's a whole (laughs) so that's a whole other issue that's uh that's even separate from that and you're correct because you know one of the things the governor said and they they brought in the national guard to run the so the state stepped in and just said hey look city of jackson you're not you're not doing you hadn't done what you're supposed to do and of course this and i'm not going to get political here but there's almost no way to not get political but I don't lay all the blame at the feet of the current mayor and current city council, even though I'm going to lay lay a, a lot of blame at their feet. Uh, they just cannot take, they are constitutionally incapable of taking responsibility for anything. Every time they have a, uh, you know, a press briefing, it's, they cast the blame somewhere else. They pass the buck. And I'm like, bro, dude, you, this is what you were elected to do, you know, not, and I know it wasn't all their fault, but, I just, dude, it drives me absolutely crazy. And maybe it's because I'm a solution-oriented dude that when, you know, when there's a problem that someone's like, oh, well, you know, gosh, I didn't create this problem. It's like, dude, I realize you didn't create it, but what are you doing 
to change it or fix it? And the answer is nothing. They stuck their head in the ground. So finally, state of Mississippi. He's a terrible, he's a terrible mayor. He, he's, he's a radical mayor who turned down money last year during the crisis two years ago, whenever that was, because he didn't want to take tainted Republican money. Those were his words. And in reality, what it was, was he didn't want to take money where someone else would have the ability to oversee where it went. That's it. Uh, I think you're spot on there. And I'm going to, and I know we didn't, we're not talking about garbage, but I'm just going to bring this up in that situation. So we, we used to have waste management picked up was the trash service for city of Jackson, uh, you know, big, big, you know, national company, waste management, green, green trucks, uh, nothing wrong They They always picked up actually they were, they were more consistent than the mail. Uh, they always picked up at the same time, the two days a week they were supposed to pick up. And then all of a sudden, uh, last year, the city of Jackson wants to change to this Richard's trash disposal out of new Orleans, a little mom and pop. Well, I mean, it made me suspicious. I was kind of like, all right, what's the, what's, what's the cause for the change here? Well, since then my trash has not been picked up regularly. There've been days that my trash sits at the end of my driveway waiting to be picked up, but they're so the city council was so focused on changing trash service and which, which didn't, there were no problems with our trash service, but it's like, we focus all the time and energy and, and I'm probably, I'm sure a lot of money on trash where there wasn't an issue and we didn't focus at all on, you know, our crumbling infrastructure, the roads, the water, you know, I can, I can go on and on. It just, and so it, to me, I'm like, there's money. This is all about money. Someone's making, you know, paper bag, uh, brown paper bag handoffs. And, and, uh, there's, there's definitely, and you're right. I think the reason he probably didn't take money is because he didn't want the oversight to happen. Cause when they won their $90 million from Siemens in their lawsuit, 30 million of it went to attorneys for their fee. The other 60 million gone, not in the water department. Uh, Lumumba said that uh, that was they that the water department owed the general fund of Jackson money for floating it, and I'm like, bro, this is not this is not how cities work. Water departments are to be totally independent. You know, water uh, public works is independent of of you know city money and city government, and this is just a to- it's a total shit show. Uh, but it's because you know he can do whatever he wants to have the general fund. Yeah, and so he has to bear responsibility for this. He can't pass the buck on this. This is something that's been brewing for a long time. He's known it was a problem. It reminds me of New Orleans, Katrina, that story, when it happened, and everybody looked to pass the buck. And it's like, no, I mean, look, the people of New Orleans have have long known that the levy system was was, uh, not not up to par, not up to date, not up to code, uh, and that, you know, a, a, a catastrophe of that hits just right would, would cause just that a catastrophe. And it did. And so here we are and it's September the 1st and they have a a water crisis that I was reading a story just then. I was kind of looking for something to add to this. This is the wall street journal this morning. Now there is a Tate, (laughs) there there is a Tate Reeves tweet where uh, the governor says we're installing our emergency rental pump at Jackson's water plant. Thank you to the operators, delivery teams, and experts on the ground who are making these repairs to restore water for the people of Jackson. More to be done, but the work is happening at an incredible pace. Um, But in this story, uh, Jim Craig, the director of health protection for the state's health department, 
said, uh, we don't have a timeline yet for the adequate and sustainable water supply to be coming from the facilities. Um, right. And we've been low pressure at our house. And, um, dude, I've been brushing my teeth with bottled water. I did that in Mexico or India, not in the United States. So Lumumba has just decided not to deal with this. He thought it would just go away. I mean, what, what is, and then here's my other question. This is, this dude, is, the, I don't, this I don't is know what he decided. And this is the indictment on the people of Jackson. Elections have consequences. You voted for this. Why? Yeah. So there's a hundred, there's like 150,000 people residents of the, of the city of Jackson, man. And, and I, I don't disagree with you. Um, I think, you know, sure, we can, the mayor can pass the buck, but you're 100% correct. This really is the fault of the citizens of the city of Jackson. And I'm one of them, um, you know, and I vote in my local elections. But dude, when I go to my local election to vote, there's no one there. I'm most of the time, I'm the only person in there casting. Now, I know I'm not saying that Martin is the only person that voted, but it's not like national elections where, you know, there's a crowd. Uh, you know, they're voting. It's there's no one there in local elections. And this, yes, it's our fault. Residents of the city of Jackson, you know, and, and there's been talk of secession, you know, from these neighborhoods, um, you know, and even Bellhaven, um, you know, the crime has, has, has increased in Bellhaven's neighborhood, which is right across from the hospitals, from Millsaps college, from Bellhaven college or Bellhaven university. Um, you know, the Capitol police force, uh, has the, I've, I've heard there's rumors that the residents of Bellhaven have, have tried to contract with Capitol police for protection because JPD, there's not enough police officers. And, and if I went and taught a class at Oxford, uh, PD for like just a budgeting, just basic budgeting and finance and all that stuff. Uh, and, and, uh, uh, chief gave me access to, you know, what starting salaries were for Oxford PD. And I realize like cost of living is a little bit higher in Oxford than it is in Jackson, but dude, the salaries were night and day difference. I mean, it was the Jack JPD salary was half of what Oxford PD's starting salary was for police officers. And, and dude, in JPD, it's, you're constantly in a war zone. The, the police department are in war zones. And I mean, who wants to go be a Jackson police officer for, you know, a higher risk of you probably having an accident or, you know, being injured or potentially dying from, you know, all the violence uh, for no money. Like, no, dude, it's, that makes no sense whatsoever. And it's almost like citizens are beginning to have to fend for themselves where the Bellhaven neighborhood has reached out to, you know, the rumor is the Bellhaven neighborhood has reached out to Capitol, the Capitol police force for, for contracted protection. I mean, I don't know how a succession would happen. It's probably not even possible. But, dude, maybe the solution is Detroit. File Chapter 9 bankruptcy for the city. Fire the mayor. Fire the city council. Uh, state installs a city manager that runs the day-to-day -day operations of the business and start cleaning it up. I don't know, man. Something's got to change. And, yeah. vote, and voting is a good start. But do the people in the city understand what's happened there? Or, yeah, or... it's you, you used to see a dude. If you have, if you go look at City of Jackson government uh, Facebook page, I I feel sorry for the person that runs that because they just get 
hammered and beat down. And it used to be that there was a lot of, you know, apologetics on city of Jackson government page, dude, they've, no one is coming to the rescue anymore. The citizens that were apologizing are now, are now beating up and dude. And it's a lot of the folks that are the, um, you know, lower class in the poorer neighborhoods, they're the ones that have zero running water at their home right now. Zero. Like I have running water at my house. It's not great. The pressure is really low. Shower is like, you know, a kind of a dribble. Uh, but I can wash my hair. I can, you know, run a load of dishes. I don't, I don't know how clean, <laughs> how clean. We use paper plates and we've been using paper plates for a while just because of, you know, just because of that reason. Um, but dude, I brush my teeth with bottled water, but I'm fortunate to have bottled water too. Yeah. So. I mean, there are probably people there that don't. I know uh, that kind of there pass. are, there are dirt. The churches are doing bottled water drives right now for city of Jackson. That's where we are, dude. It's just inexcusable, man. It, it, it really is. It's inexcusable. It, I saw where Vox was trying to blame this on white flight. I mean, all right, dude. So, I mean, you know, th there is some truth to that because, and I'm not saying it's white flight's fault, but dude, there's no tax base left. It's not, in the city white, of it's, it's, it's not white flight. It's, it's, it's flight of, of it's socioeconomic flight. And well, yes, dude, but the businesses yes. have left too. It's not just the citizens, right. but people are going to leave a failing That's right. area. You're That's not, right. if you have the ability, this is reality. This is the socioeconomic part of this. It's not race. That it happens. I, agree, I agree with that. Right. And I it, agree with I that. Get upset at Vox and the people that try to make this racial. And we, dude, we've stayed. Now I may I may never get the value back on my home. And I don't know, that may be a big overstatement. But we stayed. We tried to be a part of a solution. But dude, it's like when you're beat every day with a bat, at some point the whip dog just tucks its tail and goes and hides. And I mean if you even my wife, who is you know, uh, so supportive of being a Jacksonian is starting to go, should we go? And I'm like, whoa, bro. It's like, it is too late for that decision. <laughs> should we go was, would have had to have been made, you know, three or four years ago. Here's the thing. If you know that, if you know that you'd safer elsewhere, more it police is. protection, more security. If you know that the schools are better elsewhere and you can't afford private schools. It is. And you have the financial resources to move to an area that would solve those problems. Most yep. people do. And th that is, that is. Except for me, because I'm insane. But when people go, see, it's the fault of all those people for moving. That's, that's, that's crap. Of course you move. Everybody has one thing in common. I've said this before. White people, black people, Hispanic people, Chinese people, Japanese people, old people, young people, rich people, poor people. We all love our kids. We love our kids crazy. Yep. We crazy love our kids. And you will, do, you will do what is best for your kids. You will sacrifice whatever to do what is best for your kids. And if you're running a business, and the, the area in which you're running a business is beginning to fall apart and become dilapidated, and, and your customer base is moving, well, you often have to move with your customer base. Yeah. And that's, that's not flight. That's survival. Yeah. I mean, and dude, and the Jackson restaurants are, 
if you know if any of our listeners that are in Jackson, you know, or if if you can support a Jackson restaurant, like now is the time to do it. And it's not convenient. You're getting, you know, uh, you've got a a paper cup. You're drinking bottled water or a canned Coke out of. But dude, they're not going to survive. They're not going to. And and that's so Jeff Good, who, you know, he owns a a couple of the restaurants here in Jackson. He's a Millsaps alum, so I'll, I'll toot my horn for my Millsaps guys. A uh, really smart dude. He has tried to. He has tried his hardest to you know, do everything in his power to keep Jackson afloat. And one man can't do it. And he's just been very positive, even in all of the stupidity that's happened. Uh, and he finally, he finally broke. And um, he wrote an article in Northside Sun, which is, you know, kind of the local newspaper uh, here in Jackson. And uh, it was the tone, the tone was not normal Jeff Good tone. And he, he started turning negative. And uh, when, you know, when, when your allies have been beat to death and beat down and start turning on you, it's, I mean, I think we are Neil kind of in the beginning of the end. I just don't know how long it's going to take to play out. Well, and I, mean, I don't know what the end looks like. This is where I also, you know, this, it's going to get taken care of. I mean, Reeves is, is working on it. Obviously you can criticize the governor or whatever. I don't, yeah. it's my understanding. He, that, it's my understanding. The governor is somewhat limited in what he can do without the, the, the request of the city or without taking, yeah, I don't know you the take answer some to that. certain steps. I mean, I, I don't know how well, that works. I know he did tell, he did say in his press conference, which I kind of just, I chuckled about, and I haven't really watched a lot of Tate news conferences cause I'm Tate and I have a, he he has he probably has no idea who I am, but he and I have a little bit of um I've had a rough go with Tate. I'll just say that. And he's another Millsaps grad. I'm I'm proud of him for being a Millsaps guy. Um, but he and I just we we rub he rubbed me wrong. And uh but I, I have and I haven't watched any of his press releases. I really don't care. Um, but I, I have been watching him lately and dude, and he just he is very subtle with his with his knocks, you know, at administration of Jackson too. And but he told him straight up, he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna come in and we're gonna fix your problem, and you're gonna pay half of it. Cit the citizens of Mississippi are gonna foot half of it, and then City of Jackson is gonna foot half." And then Lumumba immediately comes in behind afterwards, saying, "You know, well, I don't know where we're gonna get this money from that he's thinking is just gonna appear from somewhere." And I'm like, "Bro, it's it's there. It's uh, it may be in politicians' bank accounts, but it's there." And I mean. You know, I, I know this will never happen because they don't do this to each other, except for Trump. But if they had federal or state investigation of all of the city politicians, they would all go down. All of them. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All of them. Corruption, bribery. But we live in a society right now where that's that you're untouchable. He's untouchable for a number of reasons. We don't go yeah. after anyone. No one. We we only go after political enemies. We there there is no there is no even justice system right now. This is yeah. th- this is the problem with where we are socially, is that problems like this are allowed instead of people saying, "Hey, we're going to have a water problem. It's going to be bad. Let's fix this." It's no. It's it's we got to pass the blame first. We got to. We got to figure it out. You, you, you can't. You've got a guy, and, we, and this is what happens also when you elect people who aren't qualified. Elections yeah. have consequences, and 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 when a public makes when a public votes for someone because they are the same color or they're the same political stripe or because they're saying the most radical shit, well, you get what you get. I mean, and I, I, and don't get me wrong, I feel sorry for the people in Jackson, and you've got to fix it. And the federal government needs to. Where's the federal government? Where, well. You know, you know the, there yeah. was Biden said there was a White House release. I think it was yesterday or something like that, where, you know, he said that uh, we're going to commit aid to Mississippi. I don't think he said Jackson specifically, but it was in reference to the water crisis. So I think it is going to go supposedly go to Jackson. But I think that there are con- the feds are going to pump in and this and I'm a Jacksonian, so I'll, I'll talk shit about my own city no one else can you know i want to beat you up if you want to talk talk trash about my city but i'll, I'll i can talk trash you know it's like your brother man you can talk trash about your brother but no one else can sure but you know he said uh <clears throat> they're gonna commit 75 million dude that doesn't i'd rather him just keep the don't send it 75 million dollars does does nothing the estimate for fixing the just the water system issue um, that's treatment plants and the outgoing, you know, uh, water and, and sewage stuff is, is like right at a billion dollars. The price tag to fix all of the Jackson infrastructure issues was tagged at like two and a half or $3 billion. Dude, we're not going to get that. That would be crazy to invest that type of money into the system we have right now. Now, if they flushed the politicians out, filed chapter nine insolvency, for the city installed a city manager that was, you know, responsible either to the state or to the fed for every dollar being spent and, and the contracts being 
um, you know, use to get those things fixed. Okay. I'm cool with that. But like, dude, right now I'm going to say something and probably get me in trouble. Jennifer got a new car because Bella started driving. The car we bought her, if I tagged it in Jackson and I have three cars tagged in Jackson, if I tagged it in Jackson is going to cost me $3,200 for the tag for the year is a 2018. We're not talking about a brand new vehicle. So my brother lives in Madison County. I tagged the car in Madison County. Guess how much my tag was? I don't know. 150 bucks. Tell me how I pay 3,200 in Jackson versus, or how I pay 150 in Madison versus 3,200 in Jackson. And what am I getting for my $3,200 or my 3,050 bucks? The money's being stolen. Yes. I mean, it's corruption. That's the answer. People, people are going to, you're going to get labeled. You're going to get labeled when you say these things, but we've got to get to a place where you, you can say this. I'll say, it, man, I, I'm, I'm saying it about uh, Nancy Pelosi, who is not black. She's white. So I'm not being racist here. Nancy Pelosi is corrupt. I mean, just today, there's a story that's out that she's got rid of some stocks ahead of, she knew something. She got rid of some stocks. And of course, now the stocks are sold. That, that stock is, is crashing. And they saved themselves a lot of money by insider trading, basically. Yeah. That's happening throughout Congress. We've got to clean it up. We what's happened when you when these things happen is we lose the the, the 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 politicians have lost the trust of the American public to a degree, but they haven't lost enough trust. America's these cities, like you look at Memphis and Jackson and Detroit and some of these cities that are deteriorating. Um, they all have similar things in common. They all have corruption at the top of the of the food chain. It's got to yep. be fixed. And the only way to fix it is, like you said, it's with elections, it's with hard decisions, it's with hard yep. management. And we don't, that's not, you can't do those things now. You can't say those things as a politician today because you will get canceled. Yeah. I mean, and you're, and you're right. And and, and we uh, have to I, eliminate this cancel culture. It's dangerous. Well, the dude, problem and with cancel culture, Martin, is is it's twofold. One, nobody's ever allowed to make a mistake. But more importantly, people who have something to say that would be constructive can't say it or choose not to say it. And the other problem with where we are in politics today is the best and brightest are not getting into politics anymore. You're probably right about that. I mean, who would want to? Well, not me. I don't either. I don't either. And, you know, and and I didn't mean to go off on, you know, this rabbit trail and get a little heated and debated. But I also, you know, I know that there's that there is a fundamental issue in Jackson when it is no longer when it when the issue has become totally apolitical. The when the people who used to take up for one side have now been just they're fed up and hands thrown up in the air to where now they're on the attack too. That's how I know that this is, this is not a political issue. This is a human, this is a human issue, um, you know, at its core, you know, in the, in the U S we have towns where people can't flush their toilets. They can't get water out of their sink faucet in, in a capital city, not, yes. you know, not even in a, you know, backwoods, you know, someplace in West mountain. Virginia, right. Where the, that's what you would think. And instead yeah, where people go to get off the grid it's like, in a, no this is a capital city the capital city and in, in uh and it's a city that correct me if i'm wrong and i'm not a mississippi history buff but 
40 years ago, I don't think people would look at Jackson and say it's a complete disaster. No, I think you're right. I mean, 40 years ago, it was was thriving. I mean, the 80s were, those were the best years of Jackson's life. And then in the 90s, it it began. The, you know, the political atmosphere changed. The the management and administration changed. The, you know, things started slowly happening. And you get to the early 2000s and the city uh, population is shrinking. Um, you know, there are, you know, in, there's just not, there's no, I mean, who wants to come to Jackson and even, you know, Christopher made a, my son, Christopher made a decision to, uh, and now I'm kind of like God in hindsight, he was, he made a pretty good decision. Um, you know, he was going to go attend my alma mater, going to go to Millsaps and, and he told me he made a social decision to go to Mississippi state instead and he's studying engineering so even though it really hurt my feelings to see you know mississippi state student services flash across my apple pay when you know when his fees were paid uh i was like i get it i get it uh and you know and i got emails from Millsaps, the parents because they still have me as you know they still have me on their parent email list that they had to bring in portable showers and portable toilets and they had to cancel class for the week they went virtual um, because there was no water in the buildings and I was like, well, shit, how are these kids eating? I mean, and I'm, I know they took, they got that figured out, but I mean, if you don't have water coming into the buildings, you're not, you're not, what are you cooking with? Right. What are you, you know, what are you, how are you preparing? I mean, not all food needs to be prepared with water, but man, there's a lot of it that you need to clean pots and pans. You need to clean dishes. You got to do all this stuff and you can't do that. And I was like, man. Maybe Christopher, <laughs> maybe it was best. And he hasn't called me because he's probably not paying attention to anything going on in Jackson. But he has not called me or texted me and told me, told you so. I probably won't handle that very well. When he says told you so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He probably knows better. <laughs> yeah, I would I would think. Um anyway, man, I digressed. No, it's a but it's it's a it's a major story. Um Yeah. And there is market stuff we can talk about whenever we we're, we're, we wrap up the Jackson stuff. All right, let's let's get to that. What's going on? First, let me tell you this. Uh, now, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sweet. It can, it can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with the challenge in life, but when you learn how to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem-solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. I've used therapy as a way to handle stress and clear negative thoughts. It was a life-changer for me. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey. Switch therapist anytime. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com MPW today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com MPW. So you were mentioning the markets, and yes, they seem schizophrenic. Maybe the markets need a therapist, man. Well, they, they do. I don't. I, I think the therapist would have to hang up on them and say, "You're, you're." Yeah, you're, it's like too help. crazy. I can't. I can't work with you. Well, what's going on? Why is it? Why are we jumping around again? Uh, well, man. So, this is going to sound crazy when I say this, um, but it's true. And we and we and we knew that this was going to be the the case as well. It's not. This was not a surprise, you know. So last Friday, Jay Powell, who again I think he's the most powerful 
powerful person in, you know, in the global finance or global, global economics. Um, at the, uh, at the Jackson hole symposium, which that has become kind of the annual economic symposium for the fed. Um, you know, people are like, Oh, he was really negative and really hawkish hawkish, meaning that, that he was going to continue to write, to raise interest rates. So when you hear the word hawkish, that means rates are going up. Uh, if you hear the word dovish and I don't know why they use hawks, I don't know why they use birds, but hawks, uh, I mean, dovish means that, uh, it's going to be softer. They're going to, you know, either keep rates the same or, or lower them. And it usually is, is lowering them. But anyway, so, you know, Powell comes out on Friday and it's really kind of short speech. I think he's just frustrated with people, um, and, 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 and a lack of, you know, understanding from Congress or whatnot. And, uh, because rates have been so low for so long, you know, at, at some point they're going to have to go up and with inflation, you know, still at a relatively high level, they, they only have, you know, one tool in their belt two really, but one is their main one, which is, you know, the fluctuation of interest rates. And they have two mandates, which is, you know, keep inflation long-term average at 2%, which obviously we're above that. And, uh, you know, and full and try to keep full employment, which full employment historically is 5%. We're at three and a half. So just, just follow me here. Okay. So unemployment right now is at three and a half. The average is five and inflation is high and its average is, is two inflation was, you know, 6.9%. So if their tool of raising interest rates to slow down the economy really has the effect of, um, you know, bringing down long-term inflation by raising interest rates. And then if that makes companies make less decisions, you know, or decisions of, Hey, you know, we got to lay off some of our workforce. Now that will get in unemployment creeping back up. So both of the signals that he's looking for, you know, inflation being high and unemployment being lower than average, the only tool that he has to use is to raise interest rates to bring in unemployment up and inflation down. He's trying to get them at their long-term averages. And people were surprised on Friday when he was like, we're going to continue to raise rates. And it's like the market just lost its mind and people started selling stocks again. And I'm like, so it's like good economic news because you think about that. If we have low unemployment, uh, then, I mean, that, that means that we are, you know, economically not in a really bad situation. Now, are we going to have a recession? I mean, dude, I don't, I don't see how you can't say that. And we're probably in it right now, but I think it's going to be a shallow recession and, you know, and it's going to, and it may persist for, I don't know, the rest of the year into the beginning part of next year, but it's not going to be this category three hurricane. I think we're in a tropical storm and we just haven't admitted it yet, but it's like every time, you know, Jay Powell says, you know, we're going to continue to raise rates. It's like the, the, stocks are just like oh my god it's the end of the world and they just sell off and i'm just thinking in my head i'm like dude i don't i don't understand people's rationales behind this because if you just look at the data you know what he's going to say before he says it and it's like it becomes it's this surprise to and especially the media man and these people are supposed to be some of the smartest people you know out there and they're like oh my gosh you know we thought the fed was going to pivot and i was like how in the hell would you think 
the Fed is going to pivot when the two things that they have a mandate to control are not in, in check. And the only way to get those things in check is to raise rates. Why in the hell do you think he would come out and say, oh, we're going to slow down or we're actually going to start lowering interest rates again? I'm just like, what world do these people live in? So they live in I mean, a very, I'm going to answer your question. They live in a very political world. It's the same reason why they. I guess, it is, I guess you're no, right. It, it is. I'm, I'm. I'm trying to tell you. This is. I was just listening to a, a, a podcast with Alex Berenson on it. Alex Berenson, who successfully sued Twitter. Yep. Alex Berenson got kicked off Twitter because the White House, the White House, pressured Twitter to deplatform him. A CNN reporter pressured Twitter to deplatform him. I mean, oh, dude. Why? But why? Because he had misinformation. It turns out his information was right. Was yeah. Um, there, one one major. I think I can't. I won't, I won't name the magazine because that's if I'm not right. One major magazine wrote a big story about how he was the world's wrongest man, and in that laid out a lot of things where he was right. Yeah. And so that's the world that the media is in now. The media right now today is covering the. Uh, the markets covering the fed covering all of that stuff with a political bent they're not writing about what's going on and why it's going on and doing research and talking to people who are informed and coming up with explanations for why these things are happening they are reporting spin see the market's great the market's great the market's great it's great you know what's coming in november it's great that's what's happening in the media that's why i'm so frustrated with my field well and dude and and i'm not and, and i and i realize most people are not experts in you know the investment management world and economics and understanding how all of this stuff is interconnected because it, it's like the wet part of the ocean i mean it the finance finance you know impacts everything globally but like when you've been doing it long enough uh and if i think if you're reasonably good at your job and you're an advisor and you've been in the business for i'm going to say 10 plus years because in your first 10 years you're still it's trying you're drinking through a fire hose but you can almost see like okay one plus one equals two so we need to do x in the portfolio and then you do it because that's what a rational logical person does and then inevitably what happens you know and there's a little bit of in the interim things going sideways but inevitably you're right in the in you know in the in the construction of the portfolio and, but the whole world will be telling you that you're wrong. You know, the media is telling me that I'm wrong while I'm doing it. And I'm just like, my God, like I know, and I, I'm not saying I have a crystal ball by any stretch of the imagination. Cause for me, bonds is just, and I'm, and I guess I should say, I'm really talking about bonds. I'm not talking about stocks because stocks are schizophrenic. And I'm glad Reed manages that part of our portfolio because it just, it gets irrational for a really long time. But bonds are just math. But bonds also kind of give you some prediction on what's going to ultimately end up happening in stocks. And, and you know, the writing has been on the wall since the middle of the year last year when I was like, I, we knew that the Fed was going to start raising rates. And there's kind of a little saying that we have that's and it, and we didn't I didn't come up with it. Reed didn't come up with it, but it's a good little you know rule of thumb. And it's don't fight the Fed. So if the Fed is raising interest rates, you know, you don't go all in on stocks, but you also don't go all in on bonds either. You got to find some alternative deal to 
you know, for the interim. And if the Fed is lowering rates, you load the boat on stocks because they're going to perform better long-term and bonds are even going to be positive in the interim. And then when things are just normal and they're flat, which is generally what, what most of our lives will look look like when we don't have so much Fed interaction, you just keep a normal allocation. You don't be tactical. You just keep a static allocation in the portfolio and you're going to have success. But it's like, man, I think the media, the financial media, a lot of them have forgotten, but I guess they have to be, they have to have something to talk about every day. They can't take the long-term look because then they'll just be saying the same thing over and over again every day. Like, kind of like I do, you know, on our show every week, I say well, pretty it, much the it, same thing it's over one and the, over again. It's one of the problems with 24-7 cable news, with social media, with click-based journalism. And this is not, a, I'm not defending it at all, but you're right. They they have to have the feel of urgency every day, right? And and that's the worst thing for your investment portfolio. And and you have to understand this. That is a field that is has skewed far to the left, and we are sitting here in September now, and in a little over two months, we're going to have midterm elections, right? And, and these people are cheerleaders. I mean, they are doing everything in their power. This is just the truth. They're doing everything in their power to prevent the Democrats from losing the Senate and to prevent the Democrats from losing the House. And the Republicans have uh, a major issue working against them right now, and that's the uh, Roe v. Wade overturned. Yep, That's really hurting the Republicans. It's the only reason this thing's even a debate. But what's hurting the Democrats is the economy. And so if you're in the media and you can somehow put out a message that, hey, the economy's not so bad. In fact, it's about to get really good. There is no recession. It's going to boom soon. <laughs> and and honestly, if you read the tea leaves, Neil, that that is what the tea leaves are kind of telling you is that, hey, we're in a recession. Uh, it's going to be a really shallow one. The the pipe, the plumbing of our financial systems are very healthy. Everything, you know, and business cycles are normal. They happen. Economic cycles are normal and they happen. But this recession we're in is is really going to be kind of shallow and it might last for a little longer than, you know, than normal. Maybe it's going to go till mid-year next year. Maybe it goes to the end of the year next year, but you're not going to get destroyed like we did in 2008 when we had a total meltdown of our financial systems. Like, that's not, that's not what we're talking about here, dude. That's good news. That's really good news. Yeah. But we're not talking about, we're going to talk about, and, and that's kind of like where I say, you know, good news equals bad news. Cause as long as we keep getting good economic news, you know, unemployment remains low. We have more job openings than we have people to fill them. Um, you know, earnings continue to grow, even though they'll grow at a slower rate uh, than they did in the previous years. You know, they're continuing to to grow somewhat. Yeah, we're going to have some slowdowns. We're going to have a little bit of pain, you know, in some places, but it's not going to be, you know, catastrophic pain across the system. So when Jay Powell sees all those things and he says, well, the economy is healthy enough to continue to take some more interest rate burden on it. So we're going to keep on raising it until, you know, we're going to try to bend it until right before it breaks. Those are, it's like good news equals bad news for stocks. Because what the what stocks want is 
you know, easy, easy money for interest rates to be really, really low so that they can finance more, you know, growth and leverage and, and take off. And, you know, and we're just kind of, we're, that we're ending the easy money period of stocks and we've stocks have been easy for the last 10 years. It's been easy to make money in stocks. That's not normal. That's not normal at all. We're about to enter. Hopefully I hope we're entering a normal cycle where guys like me can say, okay, we're going to make small adjustments because, you know, our client is changing phases, not make adjustments because the market has gone schizophrenic or, you know, a politician says X or, you know, the Fed chairman says Y or something like that. We can make decisions based off client needs, not reacting to, you know, what's going on on the media today. You want to touch base on my uh, my pet story? On your pet story? The, the, the pet story that I'm absolutely obsessed with. <laughs> Enlighten me, my friend. On August the 24th, we uh -oh. could, California banned the sale of new gasoline. Oh, yes, I did see that. And now they're telling Six you not to charge days it. later. Six days later. California asked Californians to avoid charging electric vehicles due to electricity shortages. Electricity shortages. Of California's 30,398,249 motor vehicles, would you like to guess what percentage of those are electric? 1%. Are they, they're doing a little better than that in California saving. Okay. 1.9%. Oh, Okay. 563,070 are electric. <clears throat> That's right. 563,000 of 30 point almost 4 million. Using the state's own estimates, this is California. California will need 17 GW, which I'm assuming is gigawatts. Yeah, that makes sense. Of additional power to power all of the of additional electricity to power all of those electric cars. Diablo Canyon Nuclear Plant which the oh state, yeah, which the they're state extending was, that right. Yeah, they're trying to close it down. Uh, it's two point three gigawatts. The California Energy Commission calculates that the state will require four point six gigawatts at a minimum of electricity to fuel seven point five million electric vehicles. In other words, if you're going to make every car in the state electric to power twenty nine million more electric vehicles. It would require a minimum of, of approximately 17 gigawatts additional power and likely much more. If we need 5.5 gigawatts per 7.5 million electric vehicles, then we need 21 gigawatts of new electricity to power 29 more electric vehicles. And that, Martin, assumes no increase in population, no increase in electricity use, including for cooking and heating, even though the state is trying to encourage the latter. So in order for California to have sufficient electricity to power 30 million electric vehicles, it will need to build 20 new full-size nuclear plants, the size of the nuclear plants the state has been shutting down or their equivalent. Tough to do with solar since people want to recharge at night because people would recharge their vehicles at night. At night is the same time that most people cook their dinner. Most people take their yeah. showers or baths or whatnot. Watch TV and people, hang out at their home. 
people turn on their air conditioners at night to help sleep, turn on their yeah. heaters to warm up. People people use people electricity use, at night. People use their homes at night. He asked, this is Michael Schellenberger, who I'm uh, referencing. He says, what about importing wind energy from other states? Same problem. USGS scientists concluded that if anticipated growth in wind energy by 2040 occurs, increased turbine-caused deaths could cut golden eagle population by half over 10 years. It's an interesting story. There's a lot of interesting stuff here. There's there's a story here. Uh, the, the bottom line is this. The bottom line is this. It doesn't work. This is one of those stories that just it drives me crazy because this is this is energy and energy is money, and we're doing this to our children. This doesn't work. It doesn't work. Saying you're not going to sell any new cars that are that are gas powered anymore is downright stupid. It's it's it's. It's not even political. It's just pure stupidity. It's it's along the lines of, hey, we have a water problem. I'm not doing anything about it. It'll happen. It's gonna where the mayor goes. Not a matter of if, but when. You're the mayor. You can't live in utopia world. You got to live in real world. Well, I don't I don't know what world some of these folks live in, dude. And that's well, just that's a trip with uh so with the uh. With the energy stuff, so, and then I, I do love how um, the nuclear facility was supposed to go offline, and um, and now we're gonna try to stretch it out another ten years. Uh, and dude, and and if and if we're going for clean energy, right? I think you and I have had we've had this talk on air. Um, if we're going for clean energy, nu nuclear is the one that makes the most sense. But we're not building any power plants. I know. I think I read an article that Germany was going to extend the life of one of their nuclear power plants, uh, that Japan was also um, going to be doing the same thing. They had like maybe set to expire or set to no longer be online. Uh, but with rising costs of, you know, especially in Europe, you know, heating oils and, and, uh, and rising costs of energy in, in Europe, they're going to, they have to find, you know, self-sustaining solutions where they can get independent of uh, Russia and nuclear makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, I could stay on this with another one. This is this is short. I'll be <laughs> quick. We're, we're running out. This is fascinating to me. In 13 years, buying new gas cars will be outlawed. California, Canada, and many European countries have announced they plan to ban sales of new gas cars within the next 15 years. Most of maybe them that should be our new business, Neil. We go buy all of the gas cars that they sell, and then in a couple of years, we sell it back to them for double. Well, I promise you, someone is thinking about that. <laughs> Me and you, and if any of our listeners want to get in on it too, we can all pile our money together and do it. Most of them will walk it back in five years. 100% electric vehicle adoption is flat out impossible. This reporter writes, and he goes, here's why. To understand why this is such an impossible task, we can take a look at one simple number, 30 million. The number of new cars sold in Canada, the U.S., and Europe just in the last year. In order to achieve this goal, 30 million new electric vehicles will have to be produced each year. The real issue comes in threefold, materials, vehicle, and energy cost. Currently, all electric vehicles use lithium-lion batteries, and the cost of raw materials needed to make them have been going up significantly. This is with 10% of global car sales being electric vehicle. Next is vehicle price. The last few years, many countries have had very large incentives for customers and auto manufacturers to go electric. 
In Norway, for example, buyers get massive tax exemptions, making them nearly 50% cheaper than their ICE counterparts. Whether it was tax credits or just a flat dollar discount, governments have been subsidizing new electric vehicle sales. Yet most electric vehicles still cost more than $50,000. Compare that to ICE cars. I don't know what ICE means. Uh, where there's plenty of cheap options available costing less than $25,000. Will we continuously be able to give large incentives for electric vehicle buyers? Hard to say, especially with inflation being such a large factor in the economy. My bet is no, he says, because it doesn't make sense to subsidize every new car sale. Lastly is energy costs. Most countries need to increase the capacity of their electric grids, difficult but doable, and factor in affordable affordability. Energy prices have been on the rise the last two years, even if you exclude the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Unless energy capabilities are increased significantly, we better be prepared to pay a premium for it. It's no easy task either. Nations want to reduce their climate footprint, but also make energy cheaper and more accessible. So how does this all tie together? Cost. If countries want nationwide electric vehicle adoption, they need to make it affordable for everyone. Everyone. That includes vehicle and energy prices. Combine material cost, rising energy prices, and no more incentives. The outcome? Expensive cars. And this is why the task of eliminating new gas cars by 2035 is so difficult. Without smart government policy and initiatives, making EV electric vehicles affordable to the masses is nearly impossible in the short term. We will we will reach a 100% electric vehicle adoption one day, but it's not in the next 10 to 15 years. Jim Jackson can't even get water. Yeah, I mean, how the we, hell are we going to charge electric cars? It's, it's insanity. <laughs> let's uh, let's let's start a business. Um, and all, we'll invite all of our listeners from Mine on My Money to, we can all just jump in and band together. We'll just buy all of the cars that are outlawed, uh, hold them for, so this will be, we'll call it a private, this is going to be a private equity type deal then, because you're going to, we'll have to hold them for a little while, maybe a year, maybe two years, where there's yeah. going to be no no income, no revenue. Um, and then it's just like flipping a house. We're just flipping cars. It's a hell of a thought. That's going to be brilliant. We're going to. We're going to now our, we'll just say mine on my money is now sponsored by Neil and Martin's auto recycling business and all of our mine on my money listeners too. Okay. That'd be great. <laughs> all right. Uh, I think we probably, we've either made people really happy or pissed off a lot of people. In, uh, in the last probably hour. we've probably done both. We've probably, some folks are probably like, all right, these guys make sense. And some people are like, these guys are just idiots and that's okay. It is. I, if I, they're listening, if they're still listening and we're, and we're idiots, then I, I'll, I'll take that. I'm just, I'm just waiting for the common sense party to come into play and for us to start doing things that make sense and fixing things that can be fixed. And those not, people don't run for office. Not getting into utopia, getting into the real world, understanding we have real issues. Yeah, those like people so. don't run for office. So they no. don't. All right, we'll stop there. Hope everybody has a great holiday weekend. If you're driving, as I mentioned earlier, be safe. Don't forget to get in touch with the people at Mind on My Money. It's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. For Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCready. We'll talk to you next week. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 